look for growth markets, look for good markets, look for niches. So you got to know your markets. You got to know a little bit, you know, but just jump in, you know, just do your homework. And then, and if you need to get a coach. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are ecstatic today to have just an amazing commercial real estate veteran, one of those individuals in the business that has been doing real estate, commercial real estate for a number of years, 35 plus years. I mean, he's just a veteran and a pro- professional in the space. And we're excited to have him on, Michael Flight. Michael, how's it going, sir? Abel, thank you for inviting me on. Really appreciate it. And really looking forward to talking with you, talking a little multifamily, talking a little net leasing, uh, yeah. talking commercial real estate. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm excited to have you. I, I first learned about you through another podcast that I was on. I got introduced to Mr. Adam Carswell, who's kind of in connection with Hunter Thompson. And then you know, started talking about this really this Liberty Real Estate Fund. And I got really curious. I was like, what the heck is that? And then he goes, oh, it's a net lease security token fund. And I have a you know, tech background. I've heard crypto and tokens and all these really cool terms. And I go, there's real estate. And those, I know they were going to come together at some point. I just didn't know when. And now I have one of those experts. So for those that don't know Michael, let me at least give our listeners a, a little bit of background, right? So Michael has, like I said, 35 years in commercial real estate. He's a veteran pro, security token evangelist. He's partnered with numerous institutions, numerous funds, REITs, insurance companies, hedge funds, pension funds, family offices. He really serves as an advisor as well to nonprofits, NGOs, which are non-government organizations for those that don't know, really for businesses, real estate. He's been community development solutions and a lot of assistance in the undeserved neighborhoods and countries even. Uh, You're the co-founder of Concordia Realty since like 1990, right? So a lot of years and he is launching or they've launched and he's the CEO of of the Liberty Real Estate Fund. It's the world's first net lease security token fund. And, you know, summing it all up, I asked him the question, I'm like, how many transactions, how how many millions of dollars? Is it a billion ed? And they're really close. They're at like $750 million plus commercial real estate transactions. If you know, somewhere in this area, but who's counting at them <laughs> at that, he's, that they've least managed to redeveloped. So that's an impressive background. Let me turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words. Well, you told me get it together. Told everything about me. So there's nothing left to tell. So. I know, right? When I was in college, I also uh, rehabbed apartment buildings. So that was one of my uh, first jobs. And 
So I probably ate a lot of asbestos from uh, cleaning out basements and things like that. But no, I've personally been in retail real estate since about 1987 or 86 Mm -hmm. and uh, started out as a leasing agent and moved into redevelopment. It's called the savings and loan crisis in the early 90s. It really impacted Texas where you're from, bad. That created a real deep recession, especially in real estate. So uh, myself and a partner started Concordia Realty. We uh, partnered up with large institutions like Real Estate Investment Trust, uh, REITs, a number of large hedge funds that, you know, they're brand names that you'd know. And it's been a fun journey. We've done everything from uh, single tenant net lease development all the way on up to our our biggest mall was a 900 and something thousand square foot mall in Poughkeepsie, New York. And we ended up demalling that. So we converted it into a, well, it's kind of a half mall and and half strip center. We uh, learned not to do that on the next ones, but uh, (laughs) you learn by experience. So that's kind of where, and then along the way, I've also flipped a you know few hundred houses with partners. That was a separate deal. We've owned office buildings, done just about everything. We've we have done multifamily. We've done workouts for broken condo projects. So like I said, it's been a fun ride. I've uh, then been blessed to be able to use that experience with some nonprofits in the Chicago area that needed help with different things with real estate. So we did community development. We helped them obtain um, you know, TARP grants for different things. And that was with a number of different nonprofit organizations. And then through my work with that, this one gentleman who is a uh, community organizer on the South side of Chicago was working in the Obama administration in the state department. And he was working with traffic people and, and people that were in slavery. And he was specifically working in Ethiopia and Romania. And he says, well, you know about business. Uh, these women who were trafficked and they can't leave the country need uh, home-based businesses. So what would you recommend? I'm like, what do I know about Romania? What do I know about you know <laughs> yeah. any of this stuff? But I knew a guy that did a podcast, Tom Woods. Tom Woods really has all these different entrepreneurs on there. And they're really selling their courses and their services and stuff. But there was a one on there that they were doing Amazon. I forget what it's called. But anyway, we bought some courses for them. We helped set them up, you know, if they needed computers and things like that and technology. And so some of them are still very successful doing it. Others just kind of It wasn't for them. We've had them build a few of our websites and things like that. And I learned about, you know, work with people internationally. So now a large part of our team is international from the Philippines to Bulgaria, to Romania, to Adam is in Newfoundland. He's an American in Newfoundland. We've got another guy in Newfoundland who's originally from Bangladesh. We've got people in India. And it's really helped us with the security token thing, because the reason why we wanted to get into security tokens is it's a worldwide business. But that is kind of, you know, the whole condensed version of of my background. And, you know, if you've got any questions, we can answer some of those. Now, that's some good insight, that's for sure, because you're doing a lot of things and you've done a lot of things and had a lot of success. And it's really awesome. I would say just at the highest is seeing that now you're helping others give back in some meaningful ways 
for people that really need some assistance and help. And that's amazing to see it come around full circle. And that's really great. Yeah, Michael. I can I'm honestly excited. tell you, like some of the, my best deals were the deals that we, you know, renovated a house or, you know, got a, a drug building knocked down and, you know, replaced it with something. Or we've arranged for a $500,000 line of credit for a Christian high school in the city of Chicago so they could go out and flip houses off of that credit. So those are the things that, I mean, we've done some great deals and I can go back and point at them and stuff, which is the cool thing about real estate. It's like, you can say, yeah, I, I took it from there to there, but the best ones were the things that really it's contributed to the betterment and human flourishing of humanity. Yeah, that's awesome. We we did our first, I called it an impact investment, right? You, you've been doing, it sounds like more than just impact investing, but impact with all your profits as well. But did a 120 unit multifamily deal. We put a general, a nonprofit in as the general partner slice of the okay. pie and kind of ended up, uh, you know, the profits are going back to them. And, and uh, it's, it's really cool. So our investors were on board and we kind of did this, you know, different capital stack than we normally do, but kind of put, put them in and now they're getting a piece of the pie. So it's, it's really fun. And it was a way for us to kind of give back a bigger check than we would have ever been able to do on our own. That's for sure. Well, and so that was really great. Continuing income for them, which is like super huge. They I mean, get cash flow throughout the, throughout the return, just like any other limited partner. And then wow. at the very end, they'll have a, a piece of the, the equity pie when we sell too. That is unbelievable. That's great. Yeah. So we were excited. It's good to see people that are doing the same, especially, you know, at your level, it's like, man, that's, that's really amazing. Your impact is probably way bigger, but we're starting where we can no, and no, we'll we, do it. I, I, like I said, it's, it really doesn't matter. It's like individuals on individuals. I think the, you know, when yeah. you try to go, it's the Catholic concept of subsidiarity. You don't need the federal government to tell you, you know, where to put a stop sign. You know, people in the neighborhood know where the stop sign is. And so, you know, you need to go where you to the lowest level and, you know, see where you can make an impact. If you can make an impact globally with some super huge thing, I mean, you know, that's your thing. But I find it more fulfilling to like actually know the people that I'm, you know, in having a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. So yes, and in everything that you've done, there are so many different, you know, you know, things that you you've done, right? So just an accomplishment, the measurement, it's it's a it's kind of awe-inspiring, Michael, to be to be frank with you. And and I want to ask you a question because it's, you know, I think it will help other people from a mindset. You are very accomplished, a lot of expertise, a lot of business success, entrepreneurial success. I mean, just crushed it, right? But at some point, back in your career when you were younger, you were like a regular guy, like you said, eating asbestos, doing rehab, like getting your hands dirty. You know, you transitioned throughout your life into, you know, to this very successful, highly successful individual. What was it that allowed you to do that? Were they mindsets? Were they paradigms? Or just share a little bit with us to like how that transformation happened. And I think this will be very impactful for the, for our listeners. You know, I got to say, I got a lot of my mindset from my parents, but mostly my mom was always a hard worker and would create lists for us to do so we wouldn't have idle time. <laughs> so she'd even make yeah. us like uh, wash the outside of the house and, you know, just make work to keep us busy. But my father was in sales and then he ended up owning a piece of a company. 
but he was always in sales. And so the first book I read on, um, you know, self-improvement as I found, it was this 1950s, how to win friends and influence people. God, I love that um, book. I love that you know, book. And just, so he was always, I mean, always optimistic, always, you know, came home. I mean, cause I know that he was working long hours and he'd just come home and like, boom. And, and so he showed me a work ethic. He showed me, you know, sales. He showed me. And when we were talking earlier about where I live, which is in Chicago. And so when we had really bad, you know, snowstorms in the wintertime and we got a snow day, sometimes, you know, when we got older, one of us would have to go with him to push the car out of the snow so he could go and, and make his calls. But those that, that was always cool, you know, because we got to meet people. We got to go out, you know to lunch and stuff. And I got to spend the day with my dad. That's some of it. I guess we really just started and and didn't know what we didn't know. And the other thing is there was no internet, you know, even when we started the company. So my first computer was like $4,500. And, you know, my phone can do like 50,000 times more things than that computer could do. 100%. yeah. And I, I learned, my mom told me I needed to take a computer class in high school. So we did punch cards, you know, so it's that type of like <laughs> really awesome. cool information yeah. that I have in my background, but it's really just, you know, taking it and, you know, not knowing that I wasn't supposed to do certain things and just going ahead and doing it. And I will say, I always had a really good network. So and so the, the network that I was blessed with when I was working for a company out of Philadelphia, they were they owned about 270 shopping centers nationwide. And so there was a bunch of people that worked there that I knew. And when they went into bankruptcy and everybody kind of spread to the winds, I had you know guys that I used to work with and had relationships with that ended up in insurance companies, ended up in Dutch pension, publicly traded pension fund consortiums and different things like that. So that was my network. They knew what I could do. And, you know, they said, you know, can you guys come in and be the operating partner on these things? So that's kind of how we grew the business. And from there, we've really just, you know, worked everything that I've ever done. And it's, I guess it's the business, it's a stupid statement, but, you know, it's, it's through, you know, close relationships. It's like, you know, hey, I know you could do this. We like working together. Do you want to do this thing? And it's how I, I had a friend that actually sold a, a three flat that my brother and I owned. And, you know, we started talking and he said, well, I'm flipping houses and I don't have a back office to do some of this stuff. So do you want to come in and raise the money and you guys can do the accounting? So that's how we ended up, you know, just getting in the house flipping business. And then it wasn't enough money to, you know, from some of the stuff, it was detracting from some of our other core business. But, you know, it's just stuff like that. It's like, hey, you want to take a flyer on this? It's like, cool. Yeah, let's do that. So that's how we ended up in um, the security token thing, too, because I was hanging around with a bunch of people that were into cryptocurrency. They were, you know, more libertarian minded, uh, more free market minded. And I didn't understand it because I really never did well in math. And I always tell people I went to a public school, so I can't do math. So you know, when they start talking about this, I'm like, I don't understand, you know, because it's just a software. So it's like, there's nothing behind it. So what's the difference between this and fiat currency? And then my mind immediately went to, why can't you take one of these coins and just, you know, slap it to some real estate 
and then you've got like a hard stable asset and then it's like you actually can you know have cash flow from the commercial real estate and then i just expanded it out i said what if we took a bunch of like the super stableist properties that you can get which are net leases net leases over the past 10 years they've averaged between 97.5 and 98.5% occupancy because they're long-term leases with really well-capitalized corporations. So I'm like, why don't you just take that and take a bunch of them, a, a nice diversified portfolio, and then you get a real super stable coin. So that's how we ended up in the uh, the security token business now. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, you've got such a you know, diverse background and such a long, you know, tenure in it. There's so many different areas. So I definitely want to talk about blockchain and security token. But before we move on to highlight for the listeners, right, I I, I wrote down, you know, more than a couple pages of notes already. And w- what I really, you know, like about, you know, some of the things you said, there was an internet when you first started, you didn't know you couldn't do things or you weren't supposed to do those things. So you just went out and did them. Right. And you know, a lot of this stuff is, I think, successful, uber successful people that I've been talking to, you know, that nobody told them they couldn't, or if they did, they didn't believe them. And they just went out and did it, you know, and, and obviously, no one's going to have, you know, success every single time, you're going to fail, you're going to skin your knees, you're going to have a rough point, but you just keep going through it. And while I haven't had $750 million of transactions like you, Michael, uh, not, you know, not yet, right? Every single deal that I do, you know, 7 million, 10 million, 26 million, it's like I learned something more from every transaction. And I think deep down, it was more about myself saying, I'm not supposed to do that. I can't do that. And I was in this cycle for like 10 years. And that's kind of me for single family before I moved over to commercial, where I told myself, yeah, I don't think you can go do this $10 million deal. It's too big for you. And somewhere through the route, it's like, nah, I don't believe that. For you, it was like, no one ever told you. Why wouldn't I? I'm just going to go after it. So I love that. I love hearing it. And then, no, it's not silly of you to say business. It's about who you know and your network and relationships because there's so many people, you know, I think that probably that are listening, they're like, well, how do I do that? You know, you don't have to be a pro or you don't have to be an expert you have to talk to somebody else. You're going to have to build a relationship and ask them how they did it, what they did, find out what relates to you, and then, and then go take some action, right? But uh, the network is, is, such a, is such a huge pivotal part, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it's, it's that or it's, you know, finding somebody to, to partner with, finding, you know, some way to add value to them, you know, so it, it's all of those. That's, uh, that's awesome. Okay, so let's dig into this security token, blockchain. Uh, I told Michael before the show, I am an investor in Bitcoin, not a ton, uh, but I had some because I had a bunch of tech friends that were always talking about crypto and BTC for years. And they were talking about it in like 20, you know, maybe 2010 that I first kind of heard about 2011. I didn't get any till like 2016. And then I saw this meteoric rise and then a big fall. And it's kind of back up to this high point again. But when I tell other people outside of the technology world, all they hear is Bitcoin, crypto, and their minds immediately turn off. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand it. I'm not. And I think Warren says, Buffett, right? I'm not going to invest in anything I don't understand. Well, that's correct. <laughs> you right. know, if you don't take the time to like learn about it, it's, it's hard to. So 
Tell us about what you're doing so we can dig into this and understand it. And then I'll ask you some questions. Yeah. And can I back up a little bit? Because absolutely, before we started the podcast said that you weren't as familiar with what we call a commercial space. You know, you're Mm, very mm -hmm. big into the multifamily. Yes, please. So you just kind of briefly knew a little bit about net lease and stuff. So I can talk about that a little bit to explain. Yeah. 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 Because it all builds on each other. I've done... In my background, I've done one deal that's a portfolio uh-huh. of industrial warehouse uh, industrial warehouses. It was a a net sale exactly. lease back. Yeah. And on the deal, they own the property today. It was a right. business, it's running well. Uh, we bought it from them and leased it back for a 20-year deal. And I'm a I'm a super small partner um, in this deal. And I just love the mechanics at a high level. There was no you know, the, the triple net means they do everything. And multifamily, I got to uh, pay the insurance. I got to pay the taxes. I got to do the renovation. And a triple net lease, so that when you're leasing it back to them, it's like, no, no, that's on the company that's leasing it. They yeah. do all that stuff. So you're, anyways, that's about as, as far as well, my extent goes here. Get on something that, because a lot of people ask me, they're like, why would a, a company do this? Why wouldn't they just own the real estate? And so you, your transaction hit on the perfect thing because what mm-hmm. you're doing is you're providing capital to them. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a loan and they yeah. take all that equity out of their property and then they can use that to run their business, which they're mm-hmm. in business to run their business. They're not in business to, to own property and we're in business to own property. So it's a, a nice mutual thing. But the other thing is, is that they can now control, you know, what they can do with that building for the next 20 years. So they have control over it, just like ownership. And the other thing that's really good is they can expense their lease payments 100% instead of, you know, with the principal, you can't take a deduction on that. And there's all kinds of other good stuff. So it really works out. And the gap reporting requirements, they they penalize you, or if you're a publicly traded company, you get penalized for holding real estate on your books um, <laughs> because it's non-productive assets. So yeah. that's why all these large corporations. So Starbucks is, you know, well-known, very large corporation. They don't own any of their properties. Mm. They lease all their properties. You know, McDonald's the same thing. McDonald's is actually in the real estate business. So they have a separate business that owns, you know, their real estate and then leases it to, you know, their franchisees. But I mean, if you look at 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven is, you know, on every corner and almost every, all 50 states and they're international company, they're owned by a Japanese company. They're in, I don't know how many different countries, they don't own a single store. Hmm. And the great thing about what we do is we provide capital for their expansion. So if they had to go out and spend, you know, a million to $5 million building every one of these stores, they, you know, would be a very small company. But since they can go out and, you know, with doing a lease with them, their credit guarantees the lease. So then we can go get financing for that. And so literally it's like investing in a bond with the company but you get the credit of the company and you get the benefits of real estate, which is depreciation and all the rest of the great stuff that that happens with real estate. So we like to describe net leases as bonds wrapped in real estate. So it's a super stable cash flowing, you know, right from the get go. There's no, you know, well, I'm going to wait for 
the market to go up and raise my rents. It's like, you know what the rents are. You know, if it's a 20 year lease, you know what the rents are for the next 20 years. And then the other thing is we control expenses because the tenant is really operating the business and the tenant. uh, So the tenant pays the real estate taxes, the tenant pays for the insurance for the property and the liability insurance and the, the building insurance. They also pay for the maintenance of the property. Now, certain situations, real estate brokers will call it a net lease, but in in certain things, like you got to watch out for family dollar and dollar general sometimes, they'll make you maintain the roof, the HVAC and in the parking lot. So if it needs to be repaired. So that's not a true net lease. A true net lease is when the tenant is responsible for everything. So you know, when the tenant calls you up and says, I need you to do this, you just say, well, I'm looking at your lease right here. And it kind of says that we're not responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. They know in advance. <laughs> so the op- I got to do that. Yeah. Go ahead. It's the opposite of, um, you know, multifamily and apartments and single family rentals, which is there's no tenants, termites or toilets. You know, yeah. they just send you the check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I liked about the deal too was uh, normally I'm I'm creating a pro forma, which is my assumption on what's going to happen right. over the next few years. Right. And then I realized, well, the company that's leasing is signing a, you know, five, 10, or in our case, 20 year lease, <laughs> yeah. which very much carved out how they're going to pay rents over those next 20 years. So it's, it's not really a pro forma, it's a contract to how they're going to pay more over the years. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? Then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're going to show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Right. So it's it's like a bond or a mortgage, except um, with this, you own the real estate. And like I said, you get the benefits of depreciation and everything else of owning real estate. So yep. it's really great. So that's what we do. We've done shopping centers and things for... Like I said, I've been doing it for the past 35 years. We've done portfolios of net lease properties in the past. And that's why we really thought that it would be a good thing to marry to the new high-fangled, high-technology, high-risk security tokens, which they're not high-risk. I mean- (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people don't know what they are and you're like, uh, it's perceived very much Everybody thinks they're crypto, which they're not. 
Okay. So basically it's the same concept as crypto. So they, they run on a blockchain and it's out there and it's a token, like it's on a blockchain. So in our case, you'll own a piece of our fund and that'll be, that'll be a token, but it's exactly the same thing as a regular syndication. So this will be a 506 C syndication. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of stuff that you do, but this is going to be a, a normal syndication. So any U S investor, that's going to be, you know, investing in our fund and getting, you know, the security tokens with the fund. They'll have that. Plus, they have the added optionality that there's a mandatory one-year holding period from the SEC. And then after that one year, if so, let's say you decided you wanted to invest, you know, fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollars in the fund. And at the end of that one year, you had another deal come up and you said, oh, there's these guys doing a, you know, net lease sale back over here. This looks like a, a I want to sell like 50,000 50, of my tokens. So you could either list those on an exchange. You could go to a broker and sell them through a, a stock broker or, and there's a number of other ways that you can, you know, trade your tokens. Or you could just go directly to me as like, you know, some friend of yours and you say, hey, you know, this is a really good, you know, investment, uh, but I want to put my money into this thing and I need to free up some cash. So, you know, and so we talk to each other and as long as I put the money up and you put the tokens up, the smart contract makes it go automatically through. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But let me pause here for, because we have, we have limited partner passive investors that are listening. And then we also have like some, I, in my opinion, I think we have some relatively new general partner, active partners that are on maybe their first or second or third deal. So we kind of understand a little bit, a couple of things that I'll mention. Yes, we're doing a syndication. So for the most part, we, our team has done 506B. We're on our first 506C. We're also launching a fund. The things that are the same in the syndication side, we're pooling capital together and buying something bigger than we would have been able to buy on our own, right? right. So we're we're all taking advantage of scale, so right. which is really good. And then in a 506C, a syndication, a passive investor, so I don't have to do any of the work in either of those areas. And in a, like a, let's say one deal that we buy, Five Talents buys one deal, it's one property. Well, our money is really illiquid it's invested in bricks and sticks. You're not going to get it out. There's a five to seven year hold period and it stays there, you know, because that's what we want to do. That's basically how we do it. Now, Michael, what you're saying is that there's a security token, which has blockchain, and that is the smart, the technology part of the transfer, which I know a little bit about. Right. So I'll talk, I'll talk about this part in a minute, but that is now, it's a little more liquid. It's a one-year thing and I can move in and out if I wanted to, out of the syndication, right? Yeah. So I don't think they're ever going to be, I mean, they might be as liquid as stocks. Right now, there's not, you know, the, 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 the exchanges are being built and, you know, there's new approvals all the time. And we're talking with some people about, you know, perhaps getting our token listed on NASDAQ Dubai and, you know, that type of thing. So mm-hmm. we're working with different exchanges. Uh, we're working with an exchange out of Hong Kong and we're working with some U.S. exchanges too to get them listed. So there will be more liquidity, but I don't know if it's going to be the same amount of liquidity that you're going to get with, you know, and I'm not trying, I'm just trying to be, you know, realistic to people. I don't, sure. But the other thing is, 
a lot of the stock market and everything else is going to go to digital assets too, because yeah. there's, it's just easier. Uh, most people don't know that market. It sometimes takes, you know, three to five to six days and you never actually own your certificate. It's held by, you know, some company in New Jersey. So with this one, you'll actually have your share. And so again, it's exactly like the syndications, the, you know, the 506B and the 506C that you guys are doing, and you can do either one with a security token. It's just got this added layer of technology and optionality on it. For those that are listening that know a little bit or don't know a little bit about BTC, maybe I'll share some things that I think might help, right? Is Bitcoin is based on a blockchain and the blockchain is the technology that allows me to transfer ownership of my Bitcoin from one person to the other. So Bitcoin is separate. Blockchain is the technology that's under the BTC. There are many different cryptos or cryptocurrencies Ripple or Ethereum or you know any number of, of names. There's like hundreds of thousands of them. They run on this blockchain. Now, what's really cool about blockchain is the technology is really applicable across many different things. Like for one, like a healthcare patient record. If I have a healthcare patient record and that's me, the HIPAA requirement, I want it to be secure that no, my health you know, care information is not going out. Well, they're trying to figure out different applications to transfer that information, like my healthcare record to another using a blockchain technology that basically means it's like super encrypted, super secure, and I can trace where it came from, where it went to in a very, you know, specialized way. And let's call that blockchain. That's the technology that's under this. And so kind of that, what Michael's saying is that security token, it runs on this same kind of blockchain. And now it's much easier for me or a little easier for me to transfer from one to another and it, it maintains that. So that's kind of uh, what I wanted to make sure that everyone understood there. And it's in BTC. Yeah, I, I can, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead I go can ahead. say that most people don't need to even know how blockchain works because you don't need to know how, you know, an email works. You don't, you don't know, know how email S- works. <laughs> we don't know TCP yeah. so, over IP that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Cool. It's, it's all that. So, so it, what you really want to do is make sure that your transaction is recorded and the blockchain is a distributed ledger. So one yeah. of the blocks is changed in one part. All these nodes across the in the world uh, record that transaction. So somebody can't go back in and, you know, mess around with that. Because if they see that somebody messed around with it, then it, it breaks the chain. Yeah. So and it that's, ends up but, becoming uh, like a legal document. I'm going to sign, right. I'm signing it over, right? And now in right. BTC world, Bitcoin, people are like, well, I don't know what the value is based on. So this is key also, because I don't know how it's based on the value. It's like a perceived value. Well, Michael's saying, well, hey, that our token is not just this perceived value. Here's real estate that it's backed by, <laughs> right? It is essentially the fund is buying real estate and, and that's what the token is, right? Right. You get hard assets and mm-hmm. you get real cash flow. And it's, you know, th- there's also going to be, you know, regular what we call net asset value valuation. So you know, they're going to, you're going to get an idea as to, to what these yeah. properties are worth in the marketplace. Yeah. And um, you're really pushing, but you're pushing barriers and pushing boundaries into technology and real estate. This is awesome. This is cool. Like I said, I, 
I really, my mind just started thinking on it right away because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get my head around the Bitcoin thing at first and I couldn't get my, my mind. But like I said, this is not a cryptocurrency. A lot of the stuff that you named, they're more like software projects or, you know, they're just, you know, a, a store of value. This can be a store of value. And we really think it's going to be a, a super stable store of value. And then the other thing that, you know, we, we talked earlier about some of the stuff and I really think that this is going to be fantastic for creating more wealth worldwide and distributing wealth worldwide and creating human flourishing worldwide. Because not everybody in any country has enough money to buy a house. Like I, and I, I've told the story a few times, but you know, there's this cab driver that picked me up. I was at a security token show in February and uh, this cab driver picked me up from Heathrow airport and he's talking about how expensive it is to buy a house. He, he's never going to be able to buy a house because it's like 900,000 pounds to buy a house there. But imagine if this guy could even invest like in, in one of your properties and he sure. could invest $5,000 in one of your properties mm-hmm. and he gets a super stable, you know, cash flowing assets. He gets that and he might even be able to borrow against that asset, you know, mm-hmm. if he wants to like replace his taxi or something like that. Yeah. So. I think it's just going to create worldwide wealth and it's going to actually increase wealth. Just like for the, over the past 30 years, incomes, more people have come out of, you know, poverty and into the middle class than, you know, billions and billions of people. This blockchain is going to create a wealth revolution. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing on our show and enlightening our listeners, a new topic. I'm sure that many probably have not heard of in a few. So this is really awesome. If any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, want to reach out to you, how do we get into your world to learn more, to invest, to, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Where do we go? To learn more, we have a special report on our website. Our website is libertyfund.io. That's libertyfund.io. And if they want to learn more about real estate on the blockchain, we have a special report that we put together. So it explains a little bit more. We also have a lot of materials on our website explaining net leases, explaining what security tokens are. And we've got you know, a lot of videos and podcasts and, and things like that on there. Uh, the other thing that they can do is if they want to get in touch with me, they can contact me at hello at libertyfund.io. That's hello at libertyfund.io. And the other thing is if they want to learn more about net lease properties, your buddy, uh, Adam Carswell, and I do the Nothing But Net podcast. It's all about net Nothing but net. I like that. And the website for that podcast is triplenet.re. So... That's awesome. Nothing but net. All right. Well, security tokens are the the next trillion dollar opportunity, right, Michael? I, I you know, I, I firmly believe that probably by the end of next year, security token valuations will exceed all the cryptocurrency valuations. And then you're just going to see it. It's just going to go like this and take off because think of all the things it's not only in real estate, but you can, you know, tokenize artwork. There's people that are tokenizing classic cars. There's people that are tokenizing. We spoke with a guy, Spencer Dinwiddie in the NBA tokenized a bond based on his future earnings. So, (laughs) wow. So this is just, like I said, it's going to open up wealth to people and it's going to open up finance. And um, you're going to see in the next probably five years, but especially in the next 10 years, everything's going to be digital. 
And it's just going to be more and more convenient for people to build wealth. Very good. Yeah. Well, you heard it here on the Five Talents podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Michael, I had a great time talking. I really appreciate you know everything and just sharing with our with our listeners. Is there anything we didn't talk about today that you really wanted to bring some extra exposure to, or you know anything you were hoping I asked I didn't? No, I I, I think we we you pretty much let me ramble a lot. So <laughs> it's that was uh, good. All yeah. worth listening to, my friend. All I, worth listening to. You know, if like I say, I really have always been in commercial real estate and especially retail real estate. And so there's going to be a lot of people that are say, oh, isn't retail dead? And I'm going to say, no, there's a lot of reasons why retail is even more important now than ever. And you can see it in the fact that the world's largest company is a trillion dollars. That's Amazon. And Amazon is out there opening stores up like mad. So they're opening up bookstores. They're opening up Amazon Go stores. They're opening up now. uh, They own, they spent $30 billion acquiring Whole Foods. And now they're opening up Amazon Fresh stores, which are all automated 40,000 square foot grocery stores. So real estate, physical real estate is here because people, you know, do need to, to pick things up. So when we're investing with our fund, we're investing in essential needs, you know, type of things. Uh, also, auto services and medical services. So, don't be afraid when when people say uh, retail is bad. It's it, the cap rates are fantastic right now. So, jump in. Yeah, make sure yeah, you know a little it. bit about what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Make sure you you know you have some education, a little bit about you. You you've been doing some research and you jump into the right spots. But yeah, if you if you've done all the right things, yeah, this is a fantastic time. Low interest rates, record low ten year Treasury is starting to rise a little bit, but you know it's low. The interest rates are are there, and you know if you can help a, a business, which is really good because. You know, when people say, oh, there's distressed assets and I'm going to get something on the, on the very cheap, right? I'm, I'm going to get something for a distressed price. But really, there's, a, there's an owner on the other end of it that you probably are helping also. So if you can find an asset and you're the buyer, then this is maybe a great time for them to exit and you to enter. So that's really cool. One last, you know, kind of question or point, right? For those passive investors or active, I want to go active. I want to figure out how to you know, be a real estate investor. I've been listening to a bunch of shows. I've been taking some education, but I just can't figure out like how to pull the trigger. What's, what's a piece of advice that you would give them? Either tactical thing or mindset thing. Just give them some insight that'll help them get started. Give them that little push. You know, I, I'm sorry, Abel. I'm not the right guy to ask this question. I knew I wanted to be in real estate like the last year in, in college. And so I just kind of like went all in. I, um, you know, went so far in that, you know, my first job was straight commission, real estate broker and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess it's don't listen to your limiting beliefs, but also make sure that you know a little bit about what you know. And I would also say, if you're still having problems, make sure you have a team around you, you know, so make sure you have attorneys that know what they're doing, you know, reach out to, to guys like Abel or, you know, anybody else and, uh, you know, make sure that you have somebody because if they're really concerned about, you know, jumping in on their first deal and they all of a sudden say, oh, I, I found this $5 million building, 
I would say, well, why don't they reach out to, to Abel and uh, say, would you like to do this? And, you know, do you want to do this together? And maybe I can come in on a, you know, limited part of it. And then, you know, on the next one. So just go ahead and jump in, you know, but again, make sure that you know a little bit about what you're doing. Cause I, I do see, unfortunately in, especially in the multifamily, I, I see a lot of people selling snake oil. And the main problem that I've seen is all the multifamily training guys, you know, all had great runs because they all started after 2010. <laughs> And I will let mm-hmm. you know good, that good time to buy. <laughs> you know, things go up and down. So, and I, I think things might go down a little bit more before they go up. So you, you just need to be careful about that. But the other thing that I will tell you is getting good real estate in a good market is always going to like bail you out. And when it's bad real estate, you can't get rid of it. So mm. it, it'll just be death by a thousand cuts. That's so great. make sure that you go into like, you know, that's why I want to move to Able State because he's got a great state and it, it's always going to be good real estate in Texas. Got to love Texas. Gotta, yeah. God, God bless Texas. Yeah. <laughs> is what they say. And, and so, I will say, you know, living in Illinois, I would not buy anything else in Illinois just because the real estate taxes, the government dysfunction and everything else like that, it's going to take a long time. So there's these people all the time come to me and say, well, I see these really super high cap rates in these different neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. I'm like, and with all these people leaving the state, do you think Mm -hmm. that those apartments are going to be rented? So you just have to, so like I say, look for growth markets, look for good markets, look for niches. So you got to know your markets. You got to know a little bit, you know, but just jump in, you know, just do your homework. And then, and if you need to get a coach, for not thinking you are the right person to answer, you definitely gave more than a few nuggets. You gave excellent insight and, and good good tactical uh, plans and next house for somebody there. So thank you very much, Michael. It's been a it's been a pleasure, and we really appreciate you know you joining the show, my friend. Thank you. I'm Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. If you heard something that provided you value today, I would encourage you go to our Apple podcast and subscribe, like, or rate, and leave a written review. I would really appreciate it. The higher response, you know, or the higher ranks we are, the the more we're going to come out and search and we'll have other amazing guests just like Michael for you. So uh, we appreciate you listening in and see you on the next show. Thank you. Bye, Michael. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please Take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.